G'day, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Insta. Oh, no, this is the CEO update. Apologies for that one. Um, everybody, I'm, I'm a little bit uh, lax in these ones of late, and uh, the, the, the team told me that I need to get a little bit better at it. So apologies for that. But this one, um, so, so again, I'm David Harris, and uh, this is the Advice Evolution CEO update. The um, I started writing down the things that I need to talk about this week, and um, the list suddenly became quite large. And uh, sometimes I think, yeah, there's not much to say, and I don't want to overwhelm everybody with what's going on out there. But then, when I uh, when I do start to write down the things that we're talking about, it uh, it suddenly comes larger than I think. But anyway, without any further ado, I'll get into it. But um, look, the first thing I wanted to do was a big congratulations to Corey from the, um, Forbes Financial in South Australia. He's our first PY graduate. So he's actually been through the whole PY system at uh, Forbes Financial, done, um, got his five files checked, and uh, he's actually appointed as a fully-fledged independent advisor working for Forbes Financial. So congratulations, Corey. Um, for those of you guys who are out there, especially the, um, the um, budding young professional year people, I'm going to do a, a podcast with Corey probably next week and, uh, and put that out. And we're going to talk about all the things that he's been through and what he actually, uh, what he, what he learned and um, what we learned from an advice evolution perspective. So I look more forward to doing that, but uh, thanks to you guys that reached out to Corey on the, uh, on the chat and uh, congratulations again, mate. It's uh, it's a good effort. And uh, it's uh, I think you'll find out that it's a fine career to be involved in. Last week for me was, uh, was a board meeting. We had a a face to face board meeting in um, in Brisbane, and uh, so once a year the board get together and we talk about all the things that we can do within advice evolution. You know where we're failing, where we can improve, and uh, and those sorts of things. So it's uh, it was good to get together with the board members. So those of you who don't know, so Grant Grant Simpson is the chairman, um, Gary Santner, Hugo Sampson, Regan Ross, and myself are the the people on that. Uh, on the board. Anyway, we um, there was a lot of things come out. It'll be filtering out over time the things that we've spoken about. But um, you know, we had some uh, some really good ideas and some uh, some things that hopefully will improve um, the delivery of our services and the quality of the the support you're getting from us over the uh, the next twelve months. We interestingly enough, we actually held it at the Crystal Brook on Vincent, which is the venue of the conference for 2024. The reason we did that, we wanted to make sure that the venue uh, was good to uh, and just experience it. Um, it was uh, It's a lovely spot right underneath the Story Bridge. There's access to a, a brewery, craft beer brewery, which is Felons, but there's also quite a number of restaurants, quite large restaurants there. So we saw this as a really good opportunity because it's quite easy to get to, but it's also going to be a great place to stage if you want to fly back out of Brisbane and head off on a, on a holiday on, on and around the same time. But uh, we look forward to seeing as many people as possible uh, at the conference and, uh, and beating our record of uh, attendees. Um, next thing I want to talk to you about is the end-to-end -end process. So um, you may have had a phone call from Jin Lee, who is the person who's running that. Now, she works directly for Jessamine, and, uh, and she's put together the end-to-end -end process. She's running a bit of a deal at the moment. So if you want to trial the end-to-end -end process, she'll do one of the processes for you for free. So we'll do that on us. Um, and um, to give you an idea of how that 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 process actually works, and um, the feedback to date has been really really good. Um, and her and Aldrin are working in there at the moment and uh, getting all the processes done. And I think there's four or five advisor clients in there at the moment. So it's a um, it's going to be a great process, and um, I think it'll take um, 
take the place of a lot of the ops team's tasks um, in, the, in the future. The reason I'm emphasizing that again at the moment is that uh, traveling around and speaking to the advisors and the advisors practices, I'm seeing that a lot of the smaller advisors and even to a certain extent, the larger advisors, their, their time seems to be poorly split. And when I say poorly split, there's not enough time doing advice. So most of my advisors, especially my advice, our advisors and the advisors in the group are doing a lot of admin. And when I'm saying a lot of admin, I'm saying 40% plus of their time is admin. I mean, that's, and that's admin, financial planning admin that, you know, is, is mundane and really outside the scope of what we should be paying advisors to do. The second thing is management of your business. And so you're spending a lot of time working on the actual management and the running of your business. And so those two things take up more than half of the time that you take. And so advisors aren't being as efficient as they can and they're not doing as much time client facing. So my objective, Brooke and I, when we walk around for our site visits over this next 12 months, we're going to be trying to work on you and work, work with you on ways that we can you know, make you a little bit more efficient. Less time, more time advising and less time doing the mundane things. Um, well, question not the mundane things, the important things, but uh, the things that uh, we can, we, we as a, a licensee can potentially help you with. Um, the next thing that, you know, hot, on, hot off the press was the uh, the training session last week. And so we had a, um, a training, um, the training program with Catherine Hunt and Jackie from CFS. So the first one was on objectives. Now, I just want to elaborate a little bit on objectives. So um, Catherine brought it right back to basics. And I understand that a lot of you might have found that right quite simple in that you know exactly what that all is. But in reality, what the, the biggest problem that we're seeing, Jody and I are seeing in the files, is uh, we're seeing the um, great ideas about what the objectives are, but those, those objectives aren't well articulated in the financial plan. And furthermore, when they're actually, the financial plan then doesn't completely address all of the objectives. And so it's rare, very rare that I get a file that's actually had really, really nicely written objectives, which are in the client's words and the client's objectives, followed by advice that accurately matches that those, those collected objectives. So look, I really appreciate the input that you guys got when you're going collecting your objectives. And it seems quite apparent to me that you're very good at it and you understand. The problem for us is that now you need to put the rubber to the pavement and articulate those objectives onto an SOA or into an advice document and then move that into the advice. Because as I said before, it says the objectives equals the advice. And that should be there shouldn't be any variation from that. We shouldn't let our power planners bully us into making something that fits their um, power planning software. And we don't need to bully ourselves into something that fits the power planning software. Objectives can't be templated. Right? The, the regulator has clearly said that advice must be individualized. And so if you've got a templated objective process, it's really hard to have individual objectives. You can head them down a particular task, but be careful about that. The other thing we spoke about was cyber. Like, okay, cyber is pretty scary. You have to be careful that, first of all, you know, one of the most obvious methods is having too much stuff which has access to the internet. Now, if you've got a big server that stays on 24-7 and runs your practice, you are highly likely to get hacked. 
or much more likely to get hacked because at the end of the end of the day, you're using a local virus protector or you're using the computer dude down the road. If the computer dude down the road is, you know, is not going to be as strong as using some sort of file server that lives in the cloud and um, and is organized on that. So be wary of that one. The other things are things like having your photocopier, your scanner, other things that are collected to the cloud and they have an IP address that actually gets them into all of the other or all of the other thing computers within your office. If something's sitting in there and it's static and it's having an IP address that's um, exposed to the internet all the time, be wary of that because it's a risk. It's a definite, uh, it, you know, it's a high risk to your business. But take into account the, the details of what we learned with that cyber, because, you know, most of our practices, you know, we discussed this in our site visits, are, you know, pretty solid in their cyber security and, uh, and you understand it. Be um, conscious of discussing this with your staff, because a lot of the stuff that actually happens comes back from someone in the staff clicking on a malicious email or something to do with them. Now, she, Jackie actually spoke a little bit about um, uh, ransomware. Now, I had an experience with ransomware some time ago where a shared folder that I had in Dropbox was actually exposed to ransomware. I rang that client and, uh, and said, look, it appears that you've got ransomware. on. You, you, you've been exposed to a virus. Now, the Dropbox itself still had the ransomware sitting in it, but it was completely quarantined to the files owned or shared with that particular client. So it didn't come into the rest of my Dropbox. The next step was that client went in, deleted the files and reinstalled them at the date before the ransomware started and there was no loss. There was virtually no loss in time. So it's definitely um, worthwhile, worthwhile considering cloud storage because it does have that backup facility and that reinstall facility that you can do at your desktop, which is a lot easier than relying on the computer dude down the road. But if you want to talk further about that, we're more than happy to. Um, Jody was talking to me yesterday and uh, she said uh, she's well into her audits for this year. But uh, one thing she wants to do is she wants to have clearer, um, um, clearer checklists so um, she's redesigned the checklist once for the new business, once for review business, and once for pre-vet. So there's going to be a new checklist, and many more will be rolling those out in accordance with uh, when, when your audit comes up any time. But we approved those yesterday, and they should be just about to go. The other thing is the, uh, the CEO sign-off. When I come for a visit to your office and I go through the details and things and uh, my supervisory check, I'm also going to ask you to get your authorised reps to sign a sign-off as well. And we're just going to add a couple of things, which are, one is cyber and one is confidentiality. So those things will change just slightly. We're also looking at um, updating our um, the checklist just to keep you guys um, uh, guys guessing, but it's not a um, it's not a thing of uh, making you guys guess and making it complicated. It's my objective and it's my responsibility to the regulator to ensure that we have a very very clear picture of what's going on in your business. And I, I need to go what's going on in your business from you know, from your eyes and your words. So you know I want to know that you can understand your business, or at least there's someone in your business that understands what's going on and what things that you're putting in place to be able to get that right. The other thing that I'm pushing on at the moment is supervision. We need to make sure that you guys are clearly supervising your staff and supervising your other advisors. You may say that, yeah, we have a meeting once a week or we do, um, you know, lots of training together and, and that sort of stuff, which is great. And I applaud that. But the thing is, as an advisor, you should be ad hoc pulling out a file 
seeing what's actually going in the file. Now, most of those electronic chart, click on the file and see what's actually in there and see if you're happy with the format of your file and see whether you looking at that formulated file makes sense to you and you're happy to put that file in front of uh, an external audit. And so, because you've got to be responsible for your own files. Now, it's, you know, we get so many files that are just ridiculously poorly named. And so the files in there are all numbers. And we're going, well, that's excellent. We have to go and read every single document to go and find what it is. So same as us, you have to go through and read every single document if you need to go back and find out what happened or the chronology of what actually happened in your uh, when you put that file together. So clearly named files, put into folders, group files into folders. So as if you've got your research and you've got four or five documents, you might have a file note, a statement, um, and a little bit of research, put in your TMD, and you have four or five documents, put it in a file called research. But don't include, don't, don't forget to clean the uh, include the file note in there that says, yeah, I looked at the research and I realized that the TMD, that this is after reading the TMD, this is an appropriate file. And secondly, it's a um, you know, the, the products are still applicable and appropriate to the client. That style of thing needs to actually be. So have a good look and work on your supervision. Um, issues and breaches. So issues and breaches at the moment are very, very high on the regulators list. So um, where our processes have changed somewhat within the business. So, can, so essentially, if we identify an issue in a practice, it's, uh, it's our objective and the, uh, the, the admin team will then be investigating the potential um, ramifications of that issue, the timing, and if there's any anything that uh, that needs to be remediated. And if there's a remediation, we'll be reaching out to the advisor to say, look, we need to do this level of remediation. But you've got to remember that um, you need to stay within the law and you've got to understand the regulatory guidance and the Corporations Act um, and all the financial services laws. But you secondly, you need to make sure that there's no client harm. Um, one of the ones that comes up occasionally is fee for no advice. So you've got to make sure, and it's your obligation to make sure that inside the 12 months, if you receive a fee, you have to make sure that you've done a review of that client's file. And that's, that's just really, you know, that's financial planning 101. But uh, occasionally when you look at your file, you'll see your dates might be out or you haven't actually got that one done or the client didn't come back to you, but you need to have that done. And if you can't get your, you can't get a review done in that 12 month period, you need to make sure that uh, you know you've either refunded the fee or you've you know done a file review or something to do with that. Reach out if you've got questions with regard to the issues and breaches. Okay, it's a, it's a good time uh, now to be looking at your fees, your fees for advice. You know your cost to serve. You should be all getting your financials back from your accountants around now, and. Uh, that means it's time to have a really good look at your expenses, multiply, divide that by the amount of clients or the amount of appointments that you have to have in 12 months, and you'll get a bit of a picture as to how much it costs you to have an appointment. Then look at how much profit you want to make and make sure that your fee schedule covers those accordingly. I know I talk about this reasonably regularly, but it's a good time to do it because those numbers should be sitting on your desk. Um, invoicing instructions. Giselle, so I'm not sure you guys have met Giselle. She's lovely and she's got the most beautiful curly hair. Um, unfortunately, though, she's pulling it all out because each month she has to spend one week chasing up people who have not got their invoicing correct. Now, a lot of the time she says it's not necessarily the practice, it's the client. But the problem is the practice or whoever's telling the client how to pay isn't articulating that clearly enough and helping the client pay correctly. 
So we're looking at this from our end as well. So, you know, we're not faultless in this. So we're looking at a different method of collecting fees and we're looking at, you know, whether we use Square or Tyro or one of those, a better method other than Payway. But at the moment, using the methods that we actually have, you need to make sure that the invoice actually links up to the document that um, the invoice links up to what we get in our bank statement. So we get a note back to say there's $3,300 from Better Fares and we go, oh, I wonder what that's for. And unless we can actually link that to an invoice, we have no idea. So if you've got a client that's going to be paying, getting paid by a third party, you need to reach out to us and make sure that they actually get some sort of note in there or send something to us so we can expect it. But uh, yeah, look, please work on your invoicing instructions with your clients because it's uh, it's paramount and it's becoming just a, you know, it's a, it's a huge pain for us to get done. And we, we want to make sure we give you your money. But if you don't do the work at your end, it makes it quite complicated to the extent that we're probably going to have to start putting an admin fee on repeat invoicing issues. But we'll re roll that out when we can. Next thing is, like, I, after my last, uh, my first, uh, site visit for the 12 months, one of the, the advisors there was saying, look, it'd be really good that uh, if some of the advisors got together sort of on a monthly basis and we have a bit of a chat about what's going on in the industry, maybe some things that you're doing in your practice, um, just just a bit of a chat, a bit of a sort of a peer group type thing. Anyway, so I'm going to be looking at doing that and I'll probably um, moderate it, you know, with a um, probably call it sort of a bit of a masterclass on what's happening in the industry at that time. And then you guys can chime in with questions and uh, and experiences and anecdotes, depending on what's been going on in yours. So um, just look out for that. Look, it's, it's one of those things that might be compulsory, but it be, will be an opportunity for you to sort of hear from my work, from, from me and or some of the board members about what's going on in the industry and what our take is on that and how we're dealing with that. Um, Ensemble PD Day, 9th of May. So we've got a couple of free tickets for that in Sydney. So um, if you are keen on going to the Ensemble PD Day, Brooke and I will be there. And um, But if you're keen on doing that, reach out to Brooke and she might be able to set you up with a um, with a free ticket. And I think that's it's worth I mean, nearly 200 bucks to go. So it's uh, definitely worthwhile. Um, May as well. So early May this year, we've got the FPAs of the year. Now it's been mixed over the last while and no one's actually managed to get over here. So there are actually three. So there's a posse of three FPAs coming over, which is Nina, May and me. So Nina works for Prospero. Um, May works for um, Generational Wealth, which is formerly Cox Financial in Townsville, and Migs works for Rowe Financial, Anthony Rowe. So those three are coming over in, uh, and they'll be in Sydney um, around the 9th of May, but it'll be, uh, be good to them to get a, uh, spend a little bit of time in their advisor's practice and, uh, and see how things work and uh, get to see Australia and get a reward for some of the uh, the great work that they've done. Oh, next week for me, I get to uh, get to go to uh, sunny Sydney and negotiate with PI insurance. So hopefully um, we get a better deal again this year because we seem to think, uh, it seems to be that there's, there's a little bit of a softening in the PI. Like it's not going to be huge, but um, hopefully we can get our um, our average rate down a little bit, which... Um, which will be fabulous for us if we can do that and, uh, and make sure that we still have a, um, a really, really good quality of cover. Um, we were talking about a, um, a collective mutual um, last year, but it looks like that's actually fallen over for the moment. And so whether or not we, um, that was a, um, a scheme where we could actually get a number of fraction of licensees of similar size. We all pool our premiums and we self-insure. Uh, which makes a lot of sense, but uh, the people who are doing that just made it a little bit too complicated and got a little bit too clever by half and, um, and wanted too much money and all that sort of stuff. So it um, it fell in a heap. 
But uh, we'll see how we go. Um, we're currently insured with Manchester and I'll be talking to them uh, next week as well. Virtual lunch. So every Thursday, Noemi, Jezumay, Brooke, myself and Joy, we, uh, and Roy, uh, so that's the uh, the management team. We have uh, we just have a lunch where we can't we don't talk about work. It's the idea to try and keep think things a little bit uh, friendly and uh, you know weekends. Uh, if we worked, we worked in an office together, we would probably um, <laughs> go out for lunch occasionally. But uh, so we can't do that. So we have a virtual lunch. We're going to reach out and start inviting people to that lunch as well because it's nice for us to meet other people and it's good for you guys to see what's going on. So if you feel keen to come to a virtual lunch, click on a um, a note to join but if not uh, she might be calling you guys to um, to invite you to virtual lunch that's every thursday at one um next over the next month probably inside the next month i'll be doing a um, an expression of interest now i'll probably do a separate podcast or some separate information about that but i'll be um i'll be seeking an advisors who have got surplus time and will be happy to advise, um, do a number of advice appointments for me for a fee. So I'll pay you directly to um, to see a client. And so I'll have a couple of blocks of clients that I want people to uh, to see. Now, they'll be, it could be by phone, it could be virtual, or it could have to be a little bit of face-to-face in which we'll try and group the appointments to a single day. You go to a location, you see those clients and you, know, you get that done. So look, that's what I'm doing. Now. So if you're thinking that you've got a little bit of space um, in your calendar and you uh, you need some extra work, um, think about that at the moment and watch the, uh, it'll be the chat and probably be an email um, about this uh, expressions of interest and uh, we'll come back to you uh, about that pretty soon. Um, one-off advisor, le- one-off ASIC levy. Okay, so what we've done is we increased the, um, the fee by $300 per advisor, which gave us half. And the other half is going to come from a one-off levy, which will be the $1,500 levy, which will probably be in May, what, March. We've got to pay our, uh, I think, second week in March, we have to pay our ASIC levy, which is just under $200,000. Um, and so we'll be reaching out to do the uh, the $1,500 one-off levy that we spoke about last year. So uh, I'm sorry for that, but um, it's just uh, one of the things we have to do in the running of this business and dealing with a uh, um, the likes of Melissa Caddy, who have... Uh, ripped us off over the uh, ripped off the industry over the years and well, funnily enough she wasn't even a financial advisor and yet we, we, we get to pay for the investigation into her um, alleged financial advice or alleged fraud which makes me think that she was a petty criminal and should be uh, paid for somewhere else but that's my axe. The only other thing that I want to talk about at the moment is the uh, the quality of advice review. So quality of advice review is rolled into parliament Parliament's actually really, really busy dealing with um, their red wine at lunch, falling off park benches, um, stage three tax cuts, new submarines, et cetera, et cetera. There hasn't been a lot of rhetoric about the financial planning side, but I do hope that Stephen Jones will get to um, bringing some of that at least to Parliament in the next couple of weeks, this week or next. Um, If he does, there could be some changes in line with the, uh, the quality of advice review. And I'm, look, I've spoken about that for the last 12 months and I won't bore you with it now, but you know, I think the regulatory pressures for the next 12 months will be slightly released. So we're hoping that the um, the pressure goes off a little bit over the next 12 months um, as some of the quality advice review documents get taken up. Ultimately, Michelle Levy seemed to think that we are should be professionals and we shouldn't have to write down every step of the, the track when we give advice. 
you know, and if we, you know, you see a client, that client clearly needs a, you know, a better superannuation fund because the one that they're doing, that the one they currently have doesn't exist, doesn't suit their objectives, then we should be allowed to do that without having to write so much of a backstory. We can write quickly write a file note which covers the objectives and a note to say, look, I think you should move into this net wealth fund that has this and it's going to cost you this much money. And that should be the extent of it. But we'll see how that works out over time and we'll talk, well, we'll, we'll nut those out in um, as things sort of move along. But anyway, so the quality of advice review is still on the table. Um, I, but again, it's one of those things that uh, anything to do with politics and uh, federal level of politics at the moment is um, takes a long time. And uh, we uh, will hopefully get it done, we'll hopefully get it done before Treasury finishes re finishes rewriting uh, the advice section of the corporation or chapter seven of the, uh, the Corporations Act. But anyway, that's another story. So guys, thanks for listening today. Um, I hope you all in, uh, have a great week. If you've got any questions regarding the, the information I've just covered, please reach out via the chat or give me a call. Um, I'm David Harris, and uh, this was the CEO non-weekly update. Cheers. <laughs>